Hello, friends, and welcome to the ACAST podcast. I'm your host, Alex Moore, and I am with you here again. I'm uh, recording a day early. Magical, musical things are happening. Going to a great concert tomorrow night, Sunday night. When um, I'm trying to do this thing on Sundays now. That's what I'm trying to hold myself to. Um, that's my Friday. I got two days off. I figure that's a good day to do it. Just get off work, come home, maybe have a couple beers, and, uh, you know, play a record and talk about some music. It sounds like a fun time to me. And, uh, but this week, tomorrow night, right after work, I'm leaving Bellingham, Washington, driving south to Seattle. To see King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. You heard that right. King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard live at the Paramount Theater in downtown Seattle. It's going to be an amazing time. Uh, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, if you don't know, are a crazy, uh, non-specific, very genre-bending band. I think they're from Australia, I'm pretty sure. Maybe New Zealand. I don't want to be disrespectful. I think it's Australia, though. Uh, And they're dope. Their music ranges from, like, weird indie shit to, like, blues rock um, to weird uh, punk music about Balrogs and all sorts of uh, fantasy-type shit. Uh, but their newest album that just came out with this week, it's called um, something Rat Kate. It has rats in it. God damn it. Fuck. I can't remember. Now i got to look this shit up. But their newest album, it's it's basically all thrash metal. It's like a throwback to early Metallica. Uh, I was going to say thrash again. No, uh, Slayer. Uh, Anthrax. It sounds like 80s thrash metal. It is so fucking dope. King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Sorry, I gotta Google this real quick. I gotta let you guys know what's going on. Albums. Oh, it might not even be on there yet. Oh my god. Fuck. Oh, this is bad podcasting. Oh, it's called Infest the Rat's Nest. See, I knew it rhymed. Is That's what was throwing me off. I was like, attack the rat cage, is what I was going to say. No, infest the rat's nest. King Gizzard and the Lizard Witters. I am very, very excited for this concert. Why? Oh, sorry, adjusting my levels here, folks. Just trying to, you know, make every make sure everything's great for you guys. Because we have a great record to play for you. We, um, by that I mean me. I'm the only one here talking to myself. Uh, basically standing in my closet. That's where uh, all my sound shit is set up. Uh, but it's a great time. We have a amazing record. It is Super Tramp. The album Breakfast in America, which was their breakthrough hit, but also their like final hit. Their two albums before that were successful. We'll talk about that. You know, We'll get into history of everything. Uh, this album, though, is... Front to back, full of amazing songs. There's not a bad song on here. There's one song I don't really like, 
too much. Um, but that's kind of a personal thing, and we'll talk about that too. Uh, but it's a hit. The song that I don't like is still a hit, so what the fuck do I know? Once again, this is the ACAST podcast, though. Uh, if you're listening for the first time, or if you've been listening, just let me remind you, there's multiple ways to listen um, that are optimized depending on how you listen. Uh, you can find the ACAST podcast both on iTunes and on SoundCloud. Uh, if you listen on a Apple device, I suggest using the iTunes because it just makes it super easy. They got their own little uh, app there, and you can subscribe to me. You can subscribe to all your other favorite podcasts, whatever they may be. Myself, uh, I like the Church of What's Happening Now. I like... Uh, Your Mom's House. And, you know, the classics Joe Rogan. If you're into uh, history that doesn't have anything to do with music and is way more in-depth than anything I go into and uh, just generally super awesome, I suggest the podcast Hardcore History with host Dan Carlin. And he takes you through multiple hour episodes you know they're like four or five hour episodes just about epic events in history there's this uh four or five part one about world war one that is crazy awesome there's a one episode edition it's called the blitz edition i think it's like three hours uh that chronicles the time period in between um the United States, us, blowing up the atomic bomb on Japan. And then it ends at the Cuban Missile Crisis. So it's basically, you know, the whole first part of the Cold War. It chronicles the political uh, history of that time between the United States and Russia. The uh, Soviet Union. And it's fucking super interesting. I love that shit iTunes. The other way to listen, bringing it back around, is on SoundCloud. That is where I upload to. Uh, And if you're on an Android device or uh, listening on a computer, I don't know how iTunes podcasts work on computers, so I suggest the SoundCloud. It's real easy. It's just a website on a computer, an app on your phone. And you can subscribe or like or whatever it is on SoundCloud to my page and you'll get every episode as soon as I upload it right to your phone. It'll tell you all about it. And those are the two ways that you can listen. There's no other ways. I made it sound like there are a lot. There's only two. There is also, however, an ACAST podcast page on Facebook that will give you all the updates. Sometimes ask you crucial uh, record questions about your favorite records, about which records you prefer, about uh, all sorts of different stuff. I don't know. I, d- I don't post a lot on there, but every once in a while there's fun little tidbits for you to uh, participate. And as always, you know, on that Facebook page, that's where you can send me messages, do requests, uh, ask questions about previous podcasts, those kind of things all take place. 
on that Facebook page. They haven't yet. No one ever talks to me. But, you know, if if, if you wanted to, that would be the place to go. I'll, I'll tell you what, that's uh, where the correspondence takes place. Maybe we can get a conversation started. You know what I mean? Uh, as always with this podcast, there are no official sponsors. Nothing's official on this podcast. But we do have an unofficial sponsor. If you listened last week, you heard about Hack Job Productions. That's right. The great uh, production company that's budding here in Bellingham, Washington, producing such things as Breakfast with Benjamin, which is an upcoming horror short about some kind of chef. I'm not exactly sure. It's uh, been kept on the hush-hush. But their other project, which I've been involved in personally, is the trailer-trashed YouTube videos. Uh, You can find them on YouTube at Hatjog Productions. Basically, what trailer-trashed is, is the funniest reviews you'll ever see of movie trailers. They go crazy. I've been on it two times. You can see mine. I reviewed the trailer for the newest Fast and Furious movie, which I tore to shreds uh, for many reasons. And I also did the trailer for the new uh, Lion King movie. Uh, But many other people are guest stars on Trailer Trash, and all of them are hilarious. I suggest you check it out. If you're into movies, or even if you're not, if you need a good laugh, most of them are about five minutes. I don't know if that's true. They could be less. It could be more. I do very little research on this podcast, and of course, no research on my sponsors. Uh, but we have a great record for you guys today, and I think I've been talking enough. We're going to get it started, play this first song. This is Super Tramp Breakfast in America. The song is Gone Hollywood. Oh, shit. God fucking damn it. I fucked this up again. I'm supposed to push the button before I start saying the intro. Ah, I did this last week. Shit. Gone Hollywood. I should have known that it would let me in. 
That was Gone Hollywood. That's the first track there on uh, Breakfast in America, Super Tramp. And I got one thing to say before anything else about that. Um, there's very few songs in the catalog of all the songs that have the very best palm mutes of all time. Um, this song is one of them. Band on the Run, awesome palm mutes. Of course, Voodoo Child Slight Return by Jimi Hendrix. Probably the greatest palm mutes of all time. If you don't know what a palm mute is, that's just when you put your whole hand over the strings 
of a guitar and you go and you know voodoo child you get it band on the run that song right there uh only for a little bit it's not as prominent in that song but so key and great timed and it's just a great element to a song adds depth you know what i mean but anyway the album is uh breakfast in america the band super tramp that song gone hollywood uh this whole album although not a concept album like all of super tramp's albums or at least the three popular ones you know, the band has always said that, you know, they're not concept albums, even though, you know, there's definitely a overriding theme to all of them. You know, the songs don't necessarily fit together in that sort of neat way that concept albums usually portray. Uh, but it is a very interesting album. It's an album of contradictions, an album of a lot of weird shit going on. You know, it was the band's most popular album, their highest selling by far. It was like quadruple platinum or something like that in the United States. I think worldwide they did more than 10 million copies or something like that. Something crazy. But it also was uh, the peak in, you know, just the way the band went. Because after this, they had one more album with the main core of everybody. And after that, it, it, it was all over. And that last album wasn't even, uh, you know, that special. Their, their three biggest hits were this one, Breakfast in America, and then the two before it, which were Even in the Quietest Moments and uh, Crime of the Century, which are also fantastic albums. Um, those are a lot more proggy, which is how the band started, actually, and which is another contradiction. It, you know, the styles, the musical styles of this album are really like genre bending. They go from pop to prog to jazzy to bluesy sometimes. You know, it's mostly piano based, and you know, you'll hear that Wurlitzer piano. Which, uh, the, the, that really makes the band. You know, most of the songs, uh, the core elements were written on the Wurlitzer. Uh, which is just a fantastic electronic piano. Not electronic, electric. Those are two different things. I don't know if you do that. Electronic and electric. The two main dudes in the band... Uh, Roger Hogson and Rick Davis. Davies? Whichever, I don't know. Davies. I'm going to go with Davies for the podcast. Rick Davies. Uh, they were also a contradiction. They Their musical style were completely different. One of them was the jazz head. The other one was the uh, pomp sensibility guy. And their social outlook was completely different. One of them was, you know, I wouldn't say a hippie but partook in the drug scene of the 70s and, uh, you know, freed his mind that way. The other one uh, never did any such of those things, and they often butted heads and made uh, 
opposing songs. You know, you can often hear it in the song. Sometimes it seems back to back, one written by one and another by the other. And you can hear in the lyrics the opposing viewpoints. Quite a band, Supertramp. This first side of the album is filled with uh, hits. Not that the other side doesn't have any. Uh, Let's uh, read them out here. Uh, Gone Hollywood. The next two we're going to play back-to-back are The Logical Song and Goodbye Stranger. Then we have the title track, Breakfast in America. And a round off the first side is Oh Darling. On the second side, uh, another smash hit with Take the Long Way Home. Lord Isn't Mine, Just Another Nervous Wreck, Casual Conversations, and Child Division. So other than Take the Long Way Home, you know, really this is a, a sided album. The first side is the hits. The second side is, you know, the B-side. But, yeah, okay, yeah, contradictions, of course. Um, And, of course, one of my favorite contradictions about this album is that some of those hits I don't like, and some of the not hits are my favorite songs on the album. Uh, but we're going to play two of those hits now. We're going to play two back-to-back. We do that sometimes around here to uh, speed things up. You know, I don't have something to say after every song. Uh, but we got two of Supertramp's biggest songs ever, The Logical Song and Goodbye Stranger. Oh, shit. I fucked that up. Jesus. Where's the fucking marker? Goddamn, guys. I'm sorry. Still playing that last song there. All right, we're going to push it a little further. I can't really see in this cabinet's part of the problem. Oh, there's the line. There's the line. All right, here we go. The logical song.
Sunday morning yesterday I was up before the dawn And I really have enjoyed my stay But I must be moving on Like a king without a castle Like a queen without a throne I'm a dirty morning lover Is the undisputed truth But I have to have things my own way To keep me in my youth Like a ship without an anchor Like a slave without a chain Just the thought of those pretty ladies As I ship out through my veins
Oh man, goodbye stranger. That's a good ass fucking song. And the one before that was the logical song. That's a real logical song there. I would say they use logic. Uh, that Goodbye Stranger one, though, that's uh, one of my favorites on the album. As I was saying, some of the hits aren't my favorites. That one is. Uh, it's, you know, top two for me for the hits. I would say that one and Take the Long Way Home are like, as far as the four hits go, those are my top of the pops uh, selections there. And that one, of course, has the Warlitzer piano, like most of the other songs. And the Wurlitzer is just a fun little little thing. It's kind of like a Rhodes piano. Uh, you know, it's an electrically amplified piano, but it still has, like, uh, resonation on the inside. You know, like a piano. Keys hit strings, which make noise. Inside a Rhodes piano Wurlitzer, there's, like, little metal plates and shit, which get struck by keys and then make noise. Um, but the Wurlitzer resonates in a way that makes it sound all fun and carnival-like. That's what it makes me think of. I don't know if they use Wurlitzers in carnivals. Maybe they use it at baseball games? I don't know what kind of or No, it's just a regular organ. I don't know what exactly Wurlitzer pianos make me think of, but it's fun. That's what I know. It makes me think of fun, which is exactly what this band wanted to do with this album. See, they this is another contradiction. It's a throwback to what I was talking about before. Um, this album, they wanted, you know, they purposely, you know, I don't want to say it was just to make money, uh, but they purposely wanted to add more pop elements and to make their songs more radio-friendly and to do that kind of thing to their music, where Supertramp's albums before were much more progressive. They had long solos, crazy sorts of things. Uh, like that. They didn't, especially in the late 70s, once music started to suck, uh, you know, didn't exactly get radio airtime. And so they uh, did both things. And they'd always use the Wurlitzer, but it's it's just a fun element. And it made their songs fun, and it made this album more fun, which was their goal. But really... What I should talk about right now is who is they? What is Supertramp? I don't know what a Supertramp is other than a mega slut, but uh, the band Supertramp uh, is kind of a weird band. It's kind of every rock and roll guy's dream. If you know you're a, a music player, let's say you play guitar, and you're a budding musician, maybe you got a band and you play a few shows here and there. Well. What everybody dreams of is that just some rich dude will come along and give you a bunch of shit and pay for all your tour expenses and your recording expenses. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much what happened to Supertramp, which is fucking crazy, but that's the story. Um, there's a band called The Joint, which I don't know. I, I want to say both uh, Hodges and Davies were in the band. Oh, Hodgson. Jesus Christ. Uh, I want to say they were both in the band, but I'm not positive that's true. Uh, at least one of them was in the band The Joint, uh, which was financed by this like rich-ass Dutch dude. And he paid for fucking everything. Their amps, their tour expenses, their recording shit. 
but the joint wasn't doing so hot, they didn't produce any hits for the dude, didn't make him any money. So he wanted to disband the joint. Uh, but he liked... Uh, I'm going to go with Hodgson. I'm going to just... I'm, I don't want to look it up. I'm just going to say it's Hodgson instead of Davies. Even though I think it might be Davies. There's a 50-50 chance, really. Uh, but he liked, he liked the piano player for the band. Let's just say that. And he thought that he showed real potential. And if that dude could put a band together, then this Dutch millionaire would finance that band. And so we did. He found a bunch of players... And that's where these two met up to uh, form this band, which originally had a few other names, and they went through a number of lineup changes. But eventually Supertramp emerged in 1969-1970 as a weird prog rock, art rock, jazz band. And they did a bunch of weird albums. And then uh, had a bunch of lineup changes bunch of people left the band, didn't want to fucking play bass anymore, that kind of thing. Uh, but around 74, 1974, uh, they got it together. They, they they found their core lineup that they would stick with, uh, basically throughout the whole rest of the 70s. And they started making hit albums. That's when they had this string of the three hits that I was telling you about earlier. In 1974, the album Crime of the Century came out, which had the hit songs Dreamer and Bloody Well Right, which might be my favorite Supertramp song of all time. That's a damn good-ass song. I th- um... I'm going to look it up. I think Rudy is on a train to nowhere is also on the album, which is a goddamn number one hit. It doesn't really get played on the radio. Yes, it is. Side two of Crime of the Century. Rudy's on a train to nowhere. Super Tramp, while they may play weird uh, art rock music in their studio albums, you should know throughout the 70s were one of the top touring bands and put on a fuckload of dope live shows. Uh, everyone has a dad. You know, almost everyone. Uh, and if you have a dad, you may know that dads only tell like four stories. Well, one of my dad's stories is that he's seen Supertramp twice. And both times they opened with the song Rudy's on a Train to Nowhere. And he will tell you the story. If you bring up Supertramp at all. About how... When they open their set, the stage is black. And on the big screen, there's just a train coming right at your face. And it switches tracks as the song starts to play. And the fucking band gets lit up on stage. And boom, Super Tramp concert starts. And they play their, you know, their poppy songs. But with their prog rock flair. You know, I think live it's a much more uh, intense affair than on the album. I could be wrong. I wasn't alive in the 70s. I've never seen them. But after Crime of the Century, uh, they had one album, Crisis, What Crisis? Uh, which is an allusion to the fact that they had you know, a big old hit album and they had to come up with a follow-up. Uh, and Crisis, What Crisis? wouldn't go on to be as much of a hit as you know these three in this era. 
but Roger Hodgson said uh, much later in 2015 that Crisis What Crisis is actually his favorite Super Tramp album. Uh, so, you know, maybe it's worth a listen. I'm not super familiar with it. I would have to look it up. Uh, the next one after that was Even in the Quietest Moments, which was another smash hit. Threw him to the top of the charts and got him ready to put out this album, Breakfast in America. Uh, Even in the Quietest Moments had the song Give a Little Bit on it, which, oh, that's a good-ass song. This It just hits you right in the heart. Feel-good stuff right there. Uh, and then after that, of course, they had this album, Breakfast in America, which was one of the top albums of 1977. Uh, they had a big old U.S., probably worldwide tour, which was, uh, as I, I imagine, one of the biggest tours of the year. I think for a time they could even claim that they were the biggest touring band in America. Um, I think that was a short time and, you know, Super Tramp, Super Tramp, but I'm sure it was a good show. Yeah, well, I don't know what to say. After Breakfast in America, Hanson and Davies would have uh, just one more album together in Super Tramp, and then they would split up. Um, Super Tramp still trying to carry on, uh, but it was never the same after that. You know, Super Tramp was really the two of them and their songwriting duality. That brought it together, you know, their their jazz sensibility and the pop sensibility together is what truly made the band. Uh, up next, we have one of the hit songs that is not my favorite, and there's a lot of reasons that the song's not my favorite. Um, I don't like the way he says "girlfriend." We'll get into that. Uh, it's really not Supertramp's fault, to be honest. It's another band's fault, but we'll get into that right after this song. I'm going to play it for you so you can form your own opinions before I start talking shit. This is the title track. This is Breakfast in America. Oh, Jesus, God damn it again. Oh, my God. This is so unprofessional. I'm sorry, guys. Oh, my God. I feel so bad.
All right, to take it back. Remember when I said I had a couple problems? I got so many fucking problems. There are so many problems with this fucking song. Oh, my God. This is my least favorite Super Tramp song, maybe by far. And they got some dumb prog shit in their early years. First of all, it's in a stupid-ass key. I don't know what key that is, but it's like A-sharp or something. I think it's the same key as Dream On, which, like, oh, my God. How terrible. I don't even know what to say about, like, A-sharp or F-sharp. I don't know what it is exactly. But I know it's pretentious. I know normal people don't write songs in that key. My other problem, it's like a minute and a half long. This song is clearly just like a radio grab. You throw this on your album just to get airtime, just to grab some money. Oh, God, I hate that shit. God damn it. Supertramp, you disappointed me. Oh, God. Also, girlfriend, really? Take a look at my girlfriend. You know what it reminds me of? And this is partially, if not completely, due to uh, meme culture uh, from the internet. Uh, But whenever I hear girlfriend in that song, I just think of uh, the dude from Despicable Me. And he's like, girlfriend. He's got a big old round head and a pointy nose. I don't know if you guys have seen that cartoon movie or not. But it's a really good one. I enjoy the cartoon movies. Um, but the memes have made me just imagine girlfriend. It, and it's with an O in the, like, girlfriend. It's awful. Of course... If you're in the know, if you know things about things, you know that there's one more reason why uh, I don't like this song. Well, maybe not why I don't like it. Why? The song is undesirable. Uh, And it's because this stupid-ass band uh, used a sample of it in, like, 2009 or something. Uh, The band was called Gym Class Heroes, and the song was Cupid's Chokehold. And it was really uh, silly. And they used uh, the chorus or whatever from this song. Uh, you got something to say over there? You got, you, got, you got something to say? Oh, I, I was told it was 2005. Um, and I believe that. I suppose that makes sense. Uh, but it's a really... It, it's not that great. You know... I don't think it's that bad of a song. Oh, really? What's not so bad about it? Oh, everybody, welcome uh, to the podcast for the very first time. This is my girlfriend. My girlfriend. Girlfriend. Uh, her name's also Alex. Uh, Alex Brooke Taylor. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Um, uh, what, uh, what do you think is not bad about this song? Well, I like that the gym class heroes adds like a positive twist to it you know like they elaborate on what super tramp is doing interesting is it all i I feel like part of that song was negative is that not true i feel like the third verse got kind of negative well i mean he's just a fool in love (laughs) and (laughs) just a fool in love let me tell you people that is really the story of america isn't that the story of super tramp that's the story of everybody just a fool in love. You know, I guess I can forgive a bad song if it's by a fool in love. 
I suppose, even if it's fucking awful. All right, so the Super Tramp one, uh, Breakfast in America, it's kind of a critique on American culture. Super Tramp have been living in America for like a year-ish. They've been recording this album. It actually took like a whole year um, to record and mix and master and do all that shit and get it out. Uh, and while they're doing that, they were, uh, you know, observing American culture. They'd been touring in America, making a lot of money in America. Um, and so this look at my girlfriend thing, this, uh, it was kind of, the song's all about the Southern California attitude of just like material possessions. One of the possessions being a girlfriend, which is kind of a shitty, uh, whatever. Uh, but it's a critique. It's not like, you know, Super Tramp's actually into that. I don't think i don't know them they could be what what's the gym class heroes one about well it's just a little sweeter you know he talks about how his like pretty his girlfriend's smile oh i think isn't like a letter isn't isn't it written like a letter to his dad yeah it's like a conversation he's having his dad like telling his parents all about this girl that he's in love with it's really sweet that's like, awesome. I keep a picture of her in my wallet, and like I love going home because she'll be there. Sure. What? Um. How would you describe Gym Class Heroes' musical style? What kind of music do they make? Oh my! Just God. just for the old folks at home that have never heard this sample. Honestly, I don't think I know any other Gym Class Heroes songs. <laughs> I don't. I don't think anybody does. It, it, that's not a surprise. They've got to have a couple bangers, right? They they have to. It's it's highly likely. Uh, but of course, their number one banger was only there because they sampled Super Tramp, and that's how awesome Super Tramp is. Are 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 you trying to play that on the, uh, the computer? Yeah. What? Yeah. What just happened? Um, it's not playing. Yeah, it's actually playing on the speaker at work. Oh shit! Yeah. Oh guys, we we. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, we're cooks, and there's we got Google Homes or whatever at work, and the Spotify is connected to that. So now they're listening to the Gym Class Heroes. Unlike us, we're listening to Super Tramp here on this wonderful uh, Saturday Saturday afternoon. Oh shit. <laughs> Um, we, we're, we're in cramped quarters here. We got two people inside a closet, uh, trying to do a podcast. But it's good times. So are you having fun? I am, nice and cozy. Yeah, it's great, right? Good times. We should get chairs. That's probably a good idea. I don't think it's gonna work though. I was wondering if you just stood. I do. Over here the I whole do time. stand because I have to go around the corner to play the record. So sitting is kind of. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. We got a nice setup in here. Yeah, it's okay. All right. But so uh, we're going to go from one song that I don't really like to a song that I like very, very much. It's the last song on the first side. Uh, Babe, do you want to introduce the last song on the first side? Oh, what an honor. I'd love to. This song is called Oh Darling. <laughs> God damn it. But first. What the pro what's got Oh darling. Oh 
That, my friends, is the first side to Breakfast in America by Super Tramp, the song. Oh, darling. And what a good damn song it is. And it's a good song for uh, the next thing I want to talk about. Um, it's a great example. Because Super Tramp, as a band, answers one crucial question. Especially with this album. Which is, can you make a band completely based on syncopation alone? And the answer, of course, is yes, you can. Um, we know that in modern music, uh, for sure, dance music, especially like techno and the more technical kinds of dance musics, are 100% based on syncopation. It's just different rhythms layered on top of each other. If you don't know about syncopation, if you ever took in a music class, um, and believe me, I'm not an expert in any sort of way, I kind of remember the word from uh, when I was in sixth and seventh grade and took uh, played the trumpet in band class. Uh, but Merriam-Webster defined syncopation as a temporary displacement of the regular metrical accent in music, caused typically by stressing the weak beat. Now, like I said before, if you never took a music class. That means as little to you as uh, what I was trying to say before. So, let's try Wikipedia. Wikipedia is for the layman, I would say. Syncopation in music. Syncopation involves a variety of rhythms which are in some way unexpected. I don't know what that's supposed to fucking mean. Making part or all of a tune or piece of music off-beat. I wouldn't say it's off beat. I would say it's layered music. The best way that I know to describe syncopation in a visual manner that most people would be able to understand, I think, uh, if you have an iPhone on your iPhone, you got a app, or at least a new iPhone. If you've got like an iPhone 5, I don't know how to help you. Um, but you got an app called GarageBand that came with your phone. And in there, there's a section, I think it's called Loops, where you can you know, just play around and kind of create a song of your own. But they're all uh, just different loops that you click on. You can start them at different times, and you watch the loops complete in a circle. Now, if you uh, layer out those loops, and they all go at different speeds... Uh, but somehow it still makes a song. That's basically syncopation right there. When you have a bunch of different uh, metered shit going on, that somehow still does it. The one example, the best example I think that I can think of in uh, popular rock music would be the drumming of Black Sabbath. A lot of the drumming, especially in the songs War Pigs, um... I want to say Paranoid, too, but I, uh, I'd have to listen to it. Definitely War Pigs. The drumming is super off time. But at the choruses, it comes back together. And the two circles end at the same point. I'm doing a thing with my hand that none of you can see right now. I'm making a circle. This is not helpful. I know it. Um, but these two things that are separate all of a sudden come together and 
that's the magic of syncopation. And this is 100% what Supertramp does. I don't know if any of what I'm saying makes sense or can be uh, understood by listeners. I have no idea. Oh, 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 we, we uh, welcome back to the podcast. Alex Brooke Taylor, your microphone's on the floor. Uh, what do you have to say about syncopation? I think, you know, just what? in the context of this album, that no. Goodbye Stranger okay. is a great example of syncopation. Was I saying something about that recently? About syncopation? No, about Goodbye Stranger. Like you just were. No, about Goodbye Stranger. Yeah, it's, you know, the whole song is just a bunch of different layers that loop over each other. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I should have talked about this after Goodbye Stranger. <laughs> Do yourself a favor on your, you know, take a pause or whatever. Well, also do yourself a favor and just go listen to some techno music. Everybody needs techno in their life, but go but ahead. But first, listen to Goodbye Stranger again. Again? But what about the rest of this podcast? I think they should finish the podcast and then go and back then and listen, listen to, to Goodbye it. Stranger. But don't forget to listen to it again. That's right. It'll change everything. And what do you think about that song, Oh Darling? It's a sweet one. It's very sweet. It also has much syncopation. Totally. Especially at the end. The the piano part is in two parts. just goes in between two chords. Then the Wurlitzer circles around that. It's good shit. I wanna thank you lady. Get you lady. I don't know the words. Pretty great, huh? So good. Am I better than Super Tramp or is Super Tramp better than I am? Much better than Super Tramp. You think I'm better? No, you're crazy. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. You, you can tell we haven't been dating that long. She's still <laughs> lying to me. <laughs> All right, you got, any, you got anything else for me? Not really. All right, well, get, get the hell out of here then. <laughs> All right, everybody say goodbye to Alex Brooke Taylor. Bye. Maybe you'll see her next time on the ACAST podcast. You actually, you will never see her on the ACAST podcast. You may hear her again on the ACAST podcast. You'll definitely not see her, though. Uh, but, yeah, uh, syncopation's dope. If you're not into dance music, um, I don't know what other examples to give you. First of all, you don't have to like dancing. There's a lot of really cool things about dance music. I was explaining to my metalhead friend the other day. Um, the important things about uh, it wasn't techno, it was house music, which is a much more simple, less syncopated style of dance music. But I was telling him it's not it's not about the beat. It's not even about the cool noises that go on, though the uh, womp womps and oots ootsins. Um, what 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 it is is all about the transitions. Big and small, the changes in the songs when it goes from a uh, you know crazy beat and then just the beat completely drops out and it's all bass, or it can be a subtle change where just the hi hat doubles within the beat or the uh, second and fourth beat switch. It's all about the changes in house music, and I think in every style of music. There's stuff to appreciate. There's certainly things to appreciate about Supertramp. Even though, on the surface, uh, and certainly if I was alive in 1977, I don't really think Supertramp would 
be my style. You know, they're they're very much a pop-oriented band. I would call them a post-Beatles art band, art rock. Uh, and a band that, you know, this is the kind of band that is the reason why the Beatles are remembered as the most influential bands of all time because the bands that came after them could only had come after them because of the Beatles. If it wasn't for Sgt. Pepper's and the Beatles doing a bunch of weird shit, then, you know, elongated uh, songs like this, weird syncopated Wurlitzer, it would have never broken into the mainstream, even with, uh, you know, the pop sensibilities that they put onto this album. Alright, but I clearly only vaguely know what I'm really talking about here, so we're going to let the music do the talking. We're flipping it over now. It's side two to Breakfast in America. We're going to do two more. Uh, We have the last hit, I would say. Even though they're all great songs. I don't mean to, you know, talk down on any of the songs except for Breakfast in America. Uh, but as far as like radio things goes, this is the the last one of those. This is the long way home, and then after that, we're gonna take it down a notch. We're gonna take it to a ballad, and we have a song, "Lord, Is It Mine." Oh, and I did it again. I didn't push the button in time. Oh, and Alex might have something to say about "Lord, Is It Mine" because she loves that song.
That's Oh Lord, Is It Mine. And the one before that, you know it, you love it, the hit. Take the Long Way Home. Super Tramp, Second Side, Breakfast in America. God damn, this is a fucking killer album. That last one, slowed it down, really killed it, but actually is maybe the key song of the album. Maybe the most important one that really ties it all together. Because some of these songs seem like, you know, whimsical and fun and shit. But really, this is a hardcore album, and it comes down to the real story of the band. Uh, you know, there's there, there's a there, there's a lot of turmoil. There's a lot of trouble going on. Uh, Alex was saying earlier over there on the other mic that you know a lot of these songs seems like a conversation from one person to another. And from that in a rock and roll band, a lot of time you would expect that that's like, you know, from the rock and roll singer to maybe his lady or maybe a side lady or, you know, what whatever it is. You know, rock and roll singers got lots of ladies. Uh, but this one's different. This one, the conversation of these songs is between uh, Hodgins and Davies themselves. Uh, you see, while that partnership, while those two people... Uh, came together and wrote these amazing songs, did the thing, they were so different. As I was kind of talking about earlier, their life philosophies are different, their musical philosophies are different. And by this time, in 1977, writing this album, they didn't even write together. They didn't even come together until the recording of it. Uh, what they would do is just uh, record their song ideas, either on the Wurlitzer or just on a regular piano uh, with the lyrics and send it to the other one who would then make changes and add stuff to it and send it back. And they would do that back and forth until they pretty much had a song. And then they would go and record it. Uh, but their creative process was completely individual. They did it 100% on their own. It's kind of a weird band in that sense. Uh, and that put a lot of strain on the band, given also that they were very, very different people. Uh, they weren't buddy-buddy like a lot of bands were. You know, good friends, even on the road. Um, can't remember which one, but one of them started bringing their wife. You know when they start bringing their wife, there's going to be problems. Fucking Yoko Ono and that shit, you know what I'm saying? Um, and they didn't get along. Uh, so, yeah, but it, it, that's clearly not the main issue. Lots of other issues. I don't know what my point is. I lost track. I was talking about wives. I was looking at my beautiful girlfriend. <laughs> I think that last song is really great, though, just, you know, because it touches the soul. And there's a lot of raw emotion in it. And that's why I really like it. And... Uh, and you can tell, but you know when you know the story, that makes it even better. That it's not about a lady or anything like that. It's about, uh, you know, your bandmate that you used to be a good musical partner with, and now it's you know falling apart. It's uh, it's good shit. Lots of lots of emotion there. Great song. Now one of the weirdest things. To me personally, that I think about this turmoil is that it never really became a financial problem, which it usually does in these kinds of situations. You know, people get jealous, 
someone's making more money than the other person. Every single Supertramp song is credited equally to Davis and Hodges. Um, and they split the money. And there's never been any uh, clarification in later years about who wrote what songs. Uh, you know, maybe you can kind of assume that the lead singer on the song is the writer, but I don't know if that's really a good move. Uh, you know, you could probably analyze the songs and, like, you know, what they're talking about, the lyrics and stuff, and whichever one fits the person's personality is probably them. But I don't got time for that shit. That takes analysis and writing shit down. We don't do that at this podcast. We just ramble about stuff. That's exactly right, but it's still odd. You know, you would think that someone would try to claim that they did more work and therefore they deserve more money, or, you know, the dude who originally got the funding from the rich Dutch dude, you know, he was, if he was like, ah, oh, this is my band, I'm taking all the dough. Yeah, it, it it would make sense, but very, very fair men. I, uh... You got to respect that. You got to respect it. All right, we're going to go one more because I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, The next song on the album is Just Another Nervous Wreck. And then we got two more after that. And then we're out of here, guys. It's uh, We're getting down to the home stretch. Just Another Nervous Wreck. I'm going to make sure this one's lined up just so uh, I don't look doing on every fucking song.
Oh God, damn! That's a great song. Sorry if I was singing a little bit in the microphone there. I didn't. I didn't think it was on, but I might have said a few words. But uh, dude, I I love that song. Uh, straight up, I don't. There's a lot of songs, a lot of styles of songs, a lot of things on my musical list of things I like. But way up there on the list, on this list that doesn't actually exist. Because there's way too many things on it to actually be ordered. And I love them all equally. There's songs that uh, start slow and build up and end up in like a huge uh, explosion. Those are my favorite songs. This is one of those songs. Other songs that I can think of that are like that. Um, uh, Stairway to Heaven is like that. Oh man, what a build up that song is. What's another song like that, babe? Great Gig in the Sky. Ooh, Great Gig in the Sky, Pink Floyd. That's a good one. Nice one. Oh, snap. Um, all right, Rule of Threes. What's my third one? Uh, build up songs. Um, I don't got one. I'm moving on. Fuck that shit. Uh, rule of Threes is for comedians. I'm not a comedian. I'm a amateur podcaster. I have no uh, intentions of making this funny. I'm trying to be informative. I think it's probably funny. No, I'm getting a I'm getting a head shake. It's not funny. Uh, well, I hope it's informative at least. Um, if you have a favorite build up song, please send that to the Acast Podcast Facebook page. Uh, we would love some correspondence. And don't forget to tell your friends to like that page and, you know, do all that kind of stuff. Another thing that I really like about that song is that it really throws the this is not a concept album theory right back in the band's face. Because, like, half the song they're talking about a child division, which is the last song on the album. That's not even the title of this song. The last song is called Child Division. And they're already tying it in. And, I, you know, this child of vision, I think, is just, you know, the young American, the teenager that goes to a Super Tramp concert. You know, the Super Tramp fan that's caught up in American culture, that's getting fed commercialism from television and uh, shitty fast food from McDonald's and uh, Taco Bell and uh, all that stuff, man. And Texas oil millionaires, man. Uh, you know, that's just their character, I think, of the uh, American picture that they're trying to paint. You know what I mean? That's the uh, lens they're looking through, is this child of vision, whatever that means. All right, we got uh, another one right here. Up next is going to be Casual Conversations. This is another song that uh, is breakup-y or whatever, uh, but really speaks to the nature of the relationship between the uh, Hodgins, Hodges and Davies. Casual Conversations. God damn. It's so loud. That's the problem with the build-up song when you fuck that up. It doesn't matter what I say. 
Casual conversations. That's just a good little soft song there. That's a good one to round it out. Uh, you know, before the last song, just a small little time filler. It's a fun one. Um, this the the last song here, Child Division. It's it's a it's a it's a rambler. And if you've listened to the Acast podcast before, you know the deal around here. Uh, I th- this is uh, I let the album finish itself. You know, I, I I don't I don't ruin anything with the the end there. I just let it play out. And so, what do you, what I, what I say here before this song plays is all I'm gonna say, and then that, and then that's it. And so, this last song, Child of Vision, excellent song, great great song. It's got uh, the syncopation that I've been telling you about all day here for the last hour or whatever. Um, And they kill it. It's real jammy. It's got the grand piano. It's got saxophone. It's uh, everything Supertramp promises it should be. 
My least favorite part is the chorus when they're like, Child of Vision. Other than that, solid song. Um, and, you know, if you're, uh, if you're a mystery solver, this is probably a clue. I, I would care to gander that uh, the same person wrote this song and that uh, Just a Nervous Wreck song since they both got the Child of Vision in it. You see there, I'm using my noggin. Of course, one of the great misheard lyrics of all time by my wonderful girlfriend, Alex, is uh, Tunnel Vision for the song Child of Vision. Tunnel Vision. Um, Child of Vision is the song. Breakfast in America is the album. Supertramp's commentary on America. Supertramp's uh, commentary on each other. More specifically, Hodges and Davis. It sounds like a crime-fighting duo. Speaking of crime-fighting duo, uh, this episode, of course, has been brought to you by Hack Job Productions, which you can find on YouTube, um, and specifically... Uh, by their YouTube series, Trailer Trashed, where Johnny Bunch and a guest star review upcoming movie trailers that are about to be released into theaters. Uh, And if you want to see one of the funniest episodes, you can see me reviewing Crime Fighters. And actually, it kind of sounds like Hodges and Davis. What? It was Hobbs and... Hobbs and... Dobbs. It was the new Fast and the Furious. Hobbs and Shaw. Hobbs and Shaw, a.k.a. Hodges and Davis. The group from Supertramp. Wouldn't that be interesting if The Rock and Jason Statham were in Statham... Statham? Statham. 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 If The Rock and Jason Voorhees were in... Supertramp. That would be very interesting. Hobbs and Shaw, a.k.a. Hodges and Davis. Um, and, of course, Supertramp, the story of a great partnership that just couldn't sustain itself. The men made beautiful music together, probably because they were so different. But in the end, their differences were too many. And... It wasn't sustainable. Much like this podcast, it is not sustainable. I'm out of shit to say. I'm out of uh, really caring about having shit to say. So I'm just going to let Supertramp say it for me. It has been great uh, talking to you guys. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Please go ahead and uh, subscribe to this podcast on the iTunes podcast app or do whatever it is that SoundCloud wants you to do on SoundCloud. It might be like my profile. It could be follow. It could be subscribe. Do whatever SoundCloud wants you to do as well if that's how you listen. And also like the ACAST podcast Facebook page where you can find all sorts of updates Sometimes I do other things on there as well and let you know about stuff that way.
It's been great having you guys. Once again, Super Tramp, Breakfast in America, Child of Vision.